97.3 FM. News and talk, powered by the Pacific Northwest. Gardening with Cisco is brought to you by GMB Organics. And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, August 11th. So, uh, you know, you it, this morning getting up, it felt like fall. <laughs> That's the way August can be, you know. Although they say it's going to get nice and hot, it won't be as hot as it's been, I guarantee it. Hey, I, I want to say hi to everyone I spoke to. I have been on the move. <laughs> So, you know, Friday night I was in Lacey and met so many of you wonderful people there, spent the night in Olympia. Then I uh, uh, drove down to Seabrook, right, uh, kind of in Pacific Beach, right by Pacific Beach, down on, uh, you know, the ocean. And, oh, my gosh, was that fun. So they put me up in the nicest house. I had a whole house to myself. <laughs> The talk had really a lot of people came. At first, Hardy Ewan was there, and she said, don't worry. They're all at the beach. They'll show up. And she was right. It was a really nice crowd and uh, just had a wonderful time down there and really enjoyed the talk, meeting all you people and um, at, that were at Seabrook. And um, everywhere I went in the town, they must have advertised quite a bit that I was going to come because... I couldn't, everywhere I went, people, hey, Cisco, <laughs> it was really fun. And uh, just a really wonderful time. And I want to tell Stefan Polakos that I really enjoyed the, the walk around, looking at all the gardens there and everything. And then I did a really, really long walk. But uh, before I talk about that, I have to give a restaurant review, okay? So in Seabrook, if you go there. You've got to go to Frontager's Pizza. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. Nice, thin crust pizza. That's my favorite kind. And uh, all really fresh veggies. Then another, uh, so that's Frontager's Pizza. You can't miss it. It's right in the middle of town. And then the, the best bakery I've ever been in in my life, the Red Velvet Bakery for breakfast in the morning. So, you know, the coffee was to die for. I got a nice latte. But then uh, the um, oh, what it, the scone I got. Oh, my gosh. I got a blueberry lemon scone. And I, just, I didn't know if I could eat it without br- breaking into tears. That's how good it was. So that's the Red Velvet Bakery. So uh, I also stocked up on cookies for the ride home there. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, I went for a super, super long walk on the ocean beach the next day. And so I got a really late start heading home, and I was tired. So I stopped in uh, Olympia for dinner and uh, I went to La Gitana. La Gitana is a pizzeria in the middle. You can tell I like pizza, can't you? Right? Uh, it's on uh, Olympia Way, right in the middle of town. And I just took a guess on this place. Oh, my gosh, was it good. And the vino, that they had a red cab you could get by the glass. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, was that good. So that was top of the line. So 
So, Seabrook, thanks for having me out, making that so fun for me. And then uh, Thursday I did probably what is my favorite talk I do it a whole year, which is at Far Reaches Farm in Port Townsend. So uh, Sue and Kelly, the owners of that place, uh, and they have just a wonderful staff. I just love everyone that works there. But anyway, uh, those guys go all around the world and find the seeds of really rare and unusual plants. And so there's a couple reasons I love going there. I got a big crowd, which I just love, to say the least, and uh, lots of friends that I know from all over came, so that was extra special. And a lot of people bring me a bouteille de vin, a bottle of wine, so that was... (laughs) I came up with so much wine, I can't believe it. And uh, my friend Karen made me the best chocolate chip cookies I've ever had in my life. And uh, oh, and um, uh, Gwen made me unbelievable dill pickles, although I can't eat those until October. <laughs> it's painful having to look at them and know I can't eat them yet, but I will eat them, I guarantee that. And uh, so people bring me wine and then uh, I get to give away some of these super rare, incredibly cool plants from far reaches. And uh, But that's not the best. The best. And, of course, I gave away T-shirts at both these talks. But the best by a mile is that after everyone leaves, Sue and Kelly and Cindy and I went through all the the. Um, the greenhouses, nobody gets to go in and pick plants for my garden. Oh, la, la. I have plants that nobody even knows what they are. I mean, they found them. We know they're a fern or something, but uh, nobody's been able to identify them yet. They're probably plants that have never been discovered before on Earth. And... uh they have them. They're, they can't sell them because they don't even know what they are yet. You know, they're going to have these experts out there to help them ID these things. So uh, these are the coolest plants you've ever seen in your whole life. And I've been madly trying to get those planted as fast as I can for the big tour that's coming tomorrow to my house, the Northwest Horticultural Society Meet the Board Tour. So, uh, oh, I've been having fun. So uh, all I can say is that that if you want to come next year, you may win something you can't even believe you've got. And I am so excited about these plants. I don't have them all planted. There's no way I could do it, but I did my best. <laughs> so hey, thank you, uh, Sue and Kelly and everybody out there. To, and thank you, all of you that came. That was just too doggone fun. That's at Port Townsend. And they're open to the public sometimes, so you can check their website, know when they're open and go out and get some pretty dang cool plants because even ones that everybody knows what they are are so rare that, you know, people will never have any idea what they are when they're in your garden. Okay. So, hey, I'm looking forward like Matt, seeing lots of you members of the Northwest Horticultural Society at the Meet the Board Tour coming to my garden tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to weed tomorrow morning. (laughs) It's a 
little weedy, not too bad, but there's a weed or two in the garden, you know. So I'll do my best to get it looking uh, really great by tomorrow. So uh, as long as those raccoons stay out of my fountains, don't trash those. Oh, man. They always seem to do it right before you have a big tour or something like that. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And you can only go on that tour if you're a member of the Northwest Hort Society. And I don't know if it's too late to sign up now, but uh, that'll be uh, tomorrow afternoon. So I am excited. And there's a whole bunch of other really great gardens on that tour. And just letting you know what else I'm doing quick. So uh, uh, I'll be at the... um, Today, I'll be at the Grange in Issaquah, and that's at 145th Northeast Gilman Boulevard in Issaquah. And uh, I love giving that talk out there. It's outdoors, but we do have a cover if it rains. It did that once. And uh, so it was really funny because this uh, big tent, it would sag a little bit as it rained harder and harder. And pretty soon there was like a lake up in the top of the tent. And then uh, right when people were walking out, it gave way. It just poured all that water right down on top of everybody. I'll never forget that. That was so funny. I don't know if the people it happened to thought it was as funny as I did. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to seeing lots of you at the Grange. I'm going to get there at 2 o'clock today. And that's in Issaquah. You can't miss it. And uh, great plants and Q&A. And I'll be giving away a T-shirt, and uh, and they have some nice plants that I get to give away there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then, uh, so that's this afternoon, and um, uh, the Northwest Horticultural Society Meet the Board Tour tomorrow. And then uh, Highline SeaTac Botanical Garden Ice Cream Social. So that, that's a wonderful garden if you haven't ever seen it. That's Sunday, August 19th. The event starts at eleven o'clock, but I'll be there at noon, and I'll be uh, talk. I'll be giving away plants and a T-shirt, answering your garden questions. Then, just a heads up: Saturday, August twenty-fifth at two p.m., the Bellevue Botanical Garden Arts in the Garden, which is a fantastic show filled with fantastic artists, and we walk around, see plants, see artists. It's great, and then. This year, for the first time, I'm going to be at the Washington State Garlic Festival in Chehalis. That's Sunday, August 26th at 11.30 a.m. All right, just a heads up. You can see all that stuff by going to my uh, talks page in my website. All right, hey, I'm flying solo. I hope you'll give me a call. 1-888-973-5476. Cairo. All right. 97.3, Cairo FM, right back. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopsoil.com and Moldax in Woodenville. Ooh la la, here's Cisco. Oh la la, welcome back. Hey, uh, let's go to Redmond right now and we'll talk to Patricia. Hey, Patricia. Hi, Cisco. You're still my most favorite handsome guru. Oh, la, la. Well, <laughs> hey, you have very good taste, I'll tell you that I know much. I do. Okay, <laughs> now, I'm a fairly good gardener. I have a very large yard and a greenhouse, and I grow lots of things. The dahlias are great this year, and I have 
over 500 apples from Honeycrisp and Chehalis wow. and a gazillion Italian plums and lots of hummingbirds and many, many, many plants. However, this is the third time I have bought, these are new plants, a new tubers, for a double pearl tuberose. Oh. And they're in pots in the hot sun, and they came with a fertilizer plant food that's 918.9. Okay. So everything was a little bit later, but now that it's just been this hot, I still only have the grassy-like stalks that are about a foot tall, no flowers. So that's the first question. The okay. second one is, not a question, my cousins Donnie and Linda listen to you all the time, and then they tell me, Linda's a master gardener, and she should call you. And I have not had time to become a master gardener. I have the big yard and two dogs. So there, how can you help me with my with my tuberose? Well, tuberoses are really tricky, I find. I've tried <laughs> them a few times over the year and I've over the years, and I've kind of given up on them. And I'm I, thinking the same thing. Yeah, because I think what happens is they go so dormant in the winter time that they just it takes them so long to get going, and yeah. they need all that heat. And so, if by the time they start getting mature to, to where they can flower, we're not getting the heat anymore. Uh, and I think that's what happens. And I suspect. I yeah, sus- that's what I was thinking too. We don't have we had too much heat lately, but we don't have it long enough. I think that's what it is, and I think also you know, like that double pearl could even be uh, one that really needs heat in order to produce blooms. You know, sometimes some of them are a little, little even more finicky than others. So, mm. you know, if you could. Yeah. If you could figure out a way, I don't, I don't know how you could get them. Maybe put them against the hottest, sunniest spot you got. And give it a, they, a hope, you yeah, know. Yeah, they are. They're in that hottest, sunniest spot. Uh, to, every time I watered to add the plant food, and um, so I've been doing what what I'm supposed to do. And at least this year, I got stocks before when I tried it. But these are new ones. I just ordered them this year because uh, they smell so good. And I was hoping. Yeah. I can keep it in the greenhouse for the winter, but like you say, it takes so long, and hopefully it's not quite this hot next summer. It yeah, oh much. my gosh. Yeah, this was quite a <laughs> summer, wasn't it? Jeez. Yes, it has been. <laughs> yes, and it's been nice. But And this morning I had two hummers in my on my patio where I have um, lots of fuchsias in hanging baskets and my favorite hot lip salvia, thanks you and they just love it but i had two today and they were fighting so i was out there talking to the hummers saying don't fight there's enough for both of you <laughs> they they always fight and boy i know <gasps> one I almost one almost stuck its beak in my ear this morning i swear i was out watering and uh this big male uh, annas came zooming up to me and its whole head was so bright red and it's gorgeous. was so red. It's just, oh, they're amazing to see, aren't they? Yes, they are. I've had a lot of Annas, and I took a great picture. And I tried to email it to you, and it didn't go through. What's your email? It's, uh, well, the best way to email me, You can, I'll give my email. I don't care. It's Cisco, C-I-S-C-O-E, at Cisco.com. 
Cisco at Cisco.com. Yeah, and for everybody listening, if you forget that or whatever, you can always send an email to our to the website. And uh, there's a way you could do it that way, and uh, they always get that's to me that way. That's what I think I did. Yeah, that's uh, what I did, and it didn't go through. I'll try it this way and send you some pictures. Oh, great. Yeah, I'd love to see those. You mind? I might borrow them to use in some of my garden talks. You may do that. Ah, I have thanks. no problem with that. I love that. Thank, thank you for all your help, as usual. Oh, Patricia, thanks for a wonderful call. You take care, okay? You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, yeah, tuber, tuberoses are really tough, let me tell you. I've never had any luck with those buggers at all. All right, now, Larry, hang on, because we're uh, going to take a break. But uh, When we come back, we're going to head to Bellingham and talk to Larry on 97.3 Cairo FM. Listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all new Cairo Radio Weekends. Do you believe we might get rain? Would that be incredible or what? (laughs) Tiffany and I are both, yeah, let's go for it. Okay, hey, Larry in Bellingham, what's going on over there? Well, I have a tree out in my backyard that my sister in law gave us over 10 years ago. Uh huh. And it had these little leaves about maybe inch, inch and a half long, and it would get these little whitish pink flowers on it and berries. And then in the, it's probably over 10 years old, but in the last three years, I, I think I pruned it about three years ago to kind of shape it a little bit. Uh huh. So now all the new growth, the leaves are about three or more inches long. And all and none of the new growth uh, has flowers or berries. Hmm. If this is it possible, if this was a graft, could the graft come through? I mean, the leaves look more like a birch now than a. But you didn't you didn't prune it down way close to the ground or anything, did oh, you? No, I just clipped off a few of the limbs that were just really haywire. You know. Is it possible? Uh, if you take a good look at that tree, is it possible that a branch could have grown up from below the graph? No. No. Well, uh, you know, there's only a couple of things I can think. You know, a lot of the trees that we grow that are kind of fancy and unique, they are uh, mutations. So what happens, somebody comes out. This happened uh, at a garden I went to in New Zealand. The farmer came out, and he had a maple tree. It, it uh, was kind of, it's an Acer platinoids, which I'm trying to think of a, a, the normal name of that. But anyway, uh, he came out one day, and he sees this branch come out with pink leaves on it. And he's like, wow, this is really unusual. Called a nursery buddy of his. Well, now there are these trees all over the world called Eskimo maples, and they're from his one tree on earth. And uh, so the only thing I could think is that your tree might have reverted. So it was a certain kind of tree that came from a mutation, probably something real special. And then what happened, it started mutating. And when a tree mutates, 
and gets so as you described, the leaves are way bigger. It probably is a much more aggressive growing branch because uh, the leaves on there make way more food than the littler leaves from the other tree. And so basically the whole thing reverted and just uh, became what it was, you know, before it ever had a mutation, which might not be all that desirable of a type of tree. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I might just cut it down because I don't like it anymore. <laughs> nah, you know what? I wouldn't hesitate for two seconds flat. <laughs> I would chop that baby out with impunity, you know. My wife will never let me do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I think, uh, you, you know, you should recommend a nice weekend uh, at the ocean for her. And then, <laughs> how? What, happened? what tree? I don't remember a tree being there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, there's, you you know, it's really sad because I really like that tree and the birds just love the berries in the fall, uh, you know, now none of the new growth has any of that. Yeah. Now you could try cutting it back because is, do you still have the old leaves and everything on the old growth? Yeah, they're still, they're still, you know, in the center of the tree, it's still the little leaves and the flowers and the berries, but like I say, all the new growth is in it, and the new growth is going straight up with the rest of them. Oh, jeez. You know. Yeah. Well, I I thought about telling you, you could, you know, cut all the old growth, and maybe then then, uh, when that growth grows, it'll revert back to the old old stuff that you want. But I have a feeling it's not going to work. I think think you're going to be better off getting rid of that, because then you can go to your favorite nursery and find a really cool plant for that spot, and that'll be fun, you know. Uh, everything my wife plants is running wild. She got timber bamboo that's going all over the place. And oh, we got God. black bamboo that's going crazy. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, if if you got all that grown in your garden, she owes you one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you got to... Yesterday afternoon, I had a fawn out in the backyard. I left the gate open. We got a cedar fence around it, but for people that grow tomatoes, this doe had these twin fawns, and she tried to eat somebody's tomato, and she got that cage around her head. Oh, you're kidding. Did did she... Past her ears. Did it... Uh, did it come off, or did she uh, run away with that on her head? The rescue came, and they tried to dart her, and it didn't work. And while they were chasing her around, her front leg got stepped through the other part. So now she's got the thing around her neck, plus she's got it around her shoulder. Oh, oh my gosh. And so they decided to leave her alone because they were going to wait for the fawns to get weaned. Well, the fawn died... One of them died about three weeks ago in the neighbor's backyard. Uh, and this one that was, I haven't seen that doe for about three weeks, so I don't know if, if they did anything with her. Or she I wonder died. if she... Fawn was in the backyard yesterday because I left the gate open, and he's just, he, he's no bigger than he was back in the 1st of June. Yeah, without their moms, that probably really I don't, I don't think cost them. make it. Wow, you never think of something like that happening, you know, that... Uh, yeah. Deer sticking its head through there and getting that stuck on—that would be, that would be, you know, pretty darn bad for the poor deer. So, yeah. especially those twin fawns. Wow, well, well, I th- that tells guy. everybody, you know, grow those. If you're going to grow 
uh, tomatoes in a cage, keep those up where the deer just aren't going to go because uh, you don't want that to happen to a deer. Yeah. That would be the worst thing that can happen. So we got deer all over Bellingham. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have some friends that live down in Corvallis, Oregon. They put in this really, they were trying to be self-sufficient. They put in this really expensive electric fence to keep the deer out. They went on a trip, and they paid someone to come water their plants. Well, the person came and watered the plants and didn't realize that a deer had gotten into the garden. They left and shut the gate, and they didn't come back like they were supposed to and watered until right before they got back. So the deer was basically stuck in the restaurant, you know. (laughs) It wasn't good. (laughs) There wasn't almost anything left in their garden, so... Uh, deer, you know, you got to be careful with deer. You got, you don't want to okay. be locking them in with the electric fence. That's totally the opposite of the plan, you know. <laughs> yeah, last spring we had two two does that had single fawns that came through the yard, and then this one doe that had the twins. So we get a lot of deer. Yeah, you got a lot of deer. Well, <laughs> well, that's a lesson for everybody to be careful about those tomato cages because. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe if you if you're in deer country, don't use those cages. Uh, stake them with bamboo or do something like that. Yeah, better way to go. But that's you know, you wouldn't know something like that could happen. But I'm glad you told us all so that we you can all I be can, careful. You think I can prune that tree while the leaves are still on it and cut all the bad, you know, the big leaves I, off? I would because yeah. what do you got to lose anyway? Yeah. And then if it kills it. Then you you got a good excuse to cut yeah. it down. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Cisco. All right, Larry, you take care, buddy. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Okay, listen, uh, we got all open lines, so if you want to call, you'll zip right in, and we probably will have time for either one or two calls in the last section. I never know. And uh, so the number is one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight. Nine seven three five four seven six. Back in a second on ninety seven three Cairo FM. This is gardening with Cisco on the all new Cairo Radio weekends. All right, great. We got a couple of calls. Hey, we're gonna go to Arlington now. Hey, Walt, what's happening? Hey, Cisco. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you uh, betcha. You yeah, I've got a couple of gardens. One's about 20 by 50, the other one's about 30 by 30, and the crops are already maturing, so I'm getting ready to uh, to pull everything out, and I'm wondering, is there anything I should be planting this time of year for late, later this year or for next year? Oh, for veggies. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, a lot. You can try your greens. That's what I would do. So this time of year is a great time to plant lettuce, uh, you know, uh, spinach, all the mustards, most of those things. That's about the only things that you can plant. Of course, you know, you can plant garlic in October. But uh, right now, I'd say greens are the way to go. And, uh, you know, um, arugula, any of that stuff is mescaline mixes. Any of those you can plant now, and you can do it from seed. And just watch the water. And if we get really hot again, you got to make sure it doesn't dry out. Oh, sure, sure. 
Okay, so no uh, onions and all that, nothing to plant this year for next year? Yeah, no, it's too late to plant, you know, overwintering broccoli or Brussels sprouts or even it's too late for peas, really. So, uh, okay. All those you got to get a, they got to get quite a good start in order to produce by fall. The one kind of pea you could grow right now are the uh, ones that uh, you grow them just to eat the shoots. They're quite, right. they're really good in salads and things. So you could do that, but that's okay. about it. Last, last question is uh, Brussels sprouts. I have about uh, nine plants that are doing well. When do I harvest those? Well, what do you want to do? You really want those to be hit by a freeze. So, uh, you know, you want those Brussels sprouts to get about an inch in uh, diameter if you're lucky enough, you know. So I would say just hold on. And, uh, you know, I have, I've like come home from trips I've taken in the winter and I've been eating Brussels sprouts at Christmas many a time. So they're really hardy. If we get a really, really hard freeze, you know, like one of those Arctic Expresses, then, you know, you might want to just go out and start harvesting them because that might do them in. But uh, light freezes don't even bother them. But what the plant does to survive freezes, and I'm talking, you know, it can go down into the low 20s, they'll survive what they do is they transfer the water out of the cells and put in antifreeze, and the antifreeze are sugars, and it makes them so sweet you can't believe it. Oh my gosh, it, it's embarrassing because you take a bite and your socks start rolling up and down uncontrollably. So, <laughs> all right, thanks for the input, All right, thanks, Walt. Thanks a lot for the call. Okay, we're going to go to Kate in Gig Harbor. Hey, Kate, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hi. Um, So I want to start off with I do not have a green thumb. Okay. I have a very hard time with that. But when I moved to my place years back, there was this giant kiwi plant. There's oh. two females. They were bigger than the house and put in a oh my God. not so great spot. It oh. took me almost a year to get rid of the plant, but it was so beautiful and it did so well. I want to know uh, how to be successful in growing and producing kiwis, um, but managing the plant <laughs> so it doesn't oh. try to overtake everything else. Yeah, because uh, as you found out at your house, kiwis are monsters. My gosh, they can, they can cover 100 feet in nothing flat. So what most yeah. most people do is they grow them on uh, arbors, and you can mm-hmm. control how big they get. So you want to make sure you got a male and a female, and usually they get it right at nurseries because they get them they take them from cuttings. In the old days, okay. it took years for seedlings to to grow up and you never knew for sure you have, if you really had a male or not, you know. So now, so you'll get a, you could plant, you know, more, I don't know how big your, uh, the area you're going to plant them, but you got to have uh, one male within eight feet of the females. 
So okay, and then pruning pruning them back is that a seasonal thing to make sure yes. they stay controlled? Oh boy, is it ever a seasonal thing, and it can even be during the summer thing. So you don't want them okay. to wind around each other's branches. So they do that a lot. One of them will start winding around another branch. So keep the stronger mm-hmm. branch and cut back the one that's winding around, and then okay. And then during the winter, what you try to do is uh, cut back the the vines that had kiwis on them to about four buds of new growth. So uh, you know the the branch the vines grow quite a bit in the summer, and you can cut those anytime you need to if they're getting too tall or too long. And then what you do is during the winter, you remember which ones had. Uh, kiwis on them, and you cut those to about mm-hmm. four buds of new growth, of that four of buds. growth from last summer. Okay. And, yeah, and if you and do that, can you, the plants be touching. Uh, it's fine if the plants touch. There's no problem with that. Just don't let them wind around each other. That's the okay. Because that's just it's a bummer when they wind around each other, and uh, just it's not a good situation. So. It'll make so just keep cutting any of those that do that all summer, and then they're pretty okay. easy to prune in the fall. And then don't forget now that uh, uh, you got to store the kiwis after you harvest them for I think about three months before you can eat them in a fridge. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. If you don't do that, then uh, that they don't they never ripen up right. They're kind of okay. like a pear. There, you have to do that. Okay, yeah. Is there any particular variety that's best? You know, I should remember that, but I don't remember. But uh, I think it's like, I, I just can't remember the name of the kiwis. I apologize for that. But here's what I would do. I would go to raintreenursery.com, and they'll they'll have a whole bunch of really good ones listed with great descriptions, so you can get some really good ones. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much for your call. Bye-bye. Okay, hey, Brian, thanks a lot. Nice to see you, buddy. Okay, everybody, I hope I see a lot of you at the Grange this afternoon. See you next week. Bye-bye.